You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, I bring you a stripped-down version of the normal drivel you find here. I wrap it up with the shortest rant ever. So let's get this thing going. Hello, welcome to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer, and the new tech, at least for me, is this podcast. I hope you are doing well and having a great week. I also hope this finds you virus-free. Corrections. Again, I have to apologize for the inconsistent quality of the episodes. I'm talking sound quality. I'm still messing around with various settings on my channel strip, and I'm trying out some new software. I think I have everything adjusted the way it should be, so going forward, there should be no more problems, but you never know. Politics. So, people actually thought the governor of my home state of New York would make a great presidential candidate. If you thought that, think again. At one of his long-winded daily pandemic briefings this week, Mr. Como unveiled a wall that he said symbolized this country. The wall was made up of protective face masks that had been lovingly made and donated by people from around the United States. Many were made for use by children. There were Batman, Hello Kitty, and other popular children's characters on display. Did it ever occur to the governor that these masks were for giving to people who had a real need for them? There was a real shortage of masks when this pandemic began. I couldn't even get one, and I was working in a very high-risk area dealing with international travelers daily. Even Mr. Como himself was on the television every day begging for protective gear, especially masks, and blaming anyone he could for the shortage. Not only were the masks 
at least 100, I'd estimate, displayed, but they were mounted to a board with thumbtacks. This renders them useless after this human interest display. I wonder how those who made and donated the masks felt after seeing them use this way. Presidential material, my ass. Now let's start off with some tech news. Most of the tech news this week on my feed was about the financial difficulties firms are having. It was slim pickings for items that interested me. First up from ArsTechnica.com. Face ID doesn't work when you're wearing a mask. Apple is about to address that. Apple's Face ID method for authenticating on recent iPhones offer a number of security benefits, and it's a neat trick to boot. But in a pandemic-stricken world, where many people either opt to or are even required to wear protective masks, users have discovered that Face ID doesn't usually work when they need it to. Those masks interfere with the iPhone's ability to read your face, and at the moment, there is no easy solution. That might change with the next release of iOS. This week, Apple released the third beta of iOS 13.5, the next major feature release for its mobile operating systems. Among other things, the beta introduces new Face ID behavior when users are wearing protective masks. Apple hasn't come up with some magical way to make the phone read your face through the mask. Rather, the update fast-tracks you to a passcode entry. All right, You know when it's a slow news week when a minor update like this makes headlines. All this does is save you from having to swipe up on a screen to enter your passcode. That's all it does. Nothing groundbreaking about this so-called feature. When I was first bombarded with this headline from numerous news sources, I thought Apple had made a major breakthrough. Again, no one pays me to think. Also from ArsTechnica.com, Half of Americans won't trust contact tracing apps, new poll finds. Well, duh. The problem with contact tracing is that it requires you to install an app that basically lets your phone broadcast to all of the phones and probably other devices by using Bluetooth. All that data will be sucked up and stored somewhere. Like most things, the motives and intentions start off good, but after a bit of time, they morph into something else. When this pandemic ends, do you think they will remind you to delete the app? Do you think they will disable it somehow? Will you remember to do so yourself? And what if the place where the data is stored gets hacked? Next, Apple iMessage Patent describes the ability to edit already sent texts. This from Mac Rumors. The patent application specifically describes features of a messaging user interface of a message application that are not currently in iOS. These include ways to easily acknowledge messages, display private messages, and that's interesting, synchronize viewing of content between users, translate foreign language text, and combine messages into a group. The document suggests improvements to some familiar mess messages features, such as bubble and full screen effects, 
as well as sending and receiving money with Apple Pay. Among the most striking new features presented in is full-text editing capability for sent messages. A simple means of selecting a message with predefined touch input could lead to a menu with an option for editing, resulting in a message editing interface and display of a revised version of the message for all recipients. The included drawing shows a show, show edits button that could show a history of changes. The editing of sent messages, while interesting, is something I would probably not use often, if at all. I can see the use of it, though. The part of the article that intrigues me is the viewing of private messages. The one feature I would like to see on iMessage is disappearing messages. Signal and other messengers have this feature, and I don't know why iMessage doesn't have it yet. I hope that sentence of the patent is referring to the future inclusion of that feature. What I would like also is an updated launcher. The ability to customize the launcher on the Android platform and make it your own is the only thing I miss about that mobile operating system. Now, here's some tech I'm using. A couple of episodes ago, I continued singing the praises of the Motive Ring, of which I am a proud owner. This week, while going through my Twitter feed, I saw an announcement from the company which stated that they were, quote, teaming with proxy. Substitute the word teaming with the phrase acquired by proxy, and you'll have the correct idea of what has happened. Yes, proxy, who are a digital identity company, has bought Motive. A feature of the Motive ring that I never used was called Walk ID. The feature was a way for a Motive to authenticate you based on the way you move. Why would I want the company to do that? I never set it up, uh, and supposedly this feature could be used to unlock computers and other things, but my Apple Watch already does this, and... Touch ID and my MacBooks can log me into websites and apps. Proxy itself produces technology for enabling phones to authenticate people, replacing swipe cards and the like. Motive states it will continue supporting their product and the accompanying application. Well, we will see, I guess, on that. I don't know if Motive was in some sort of financial difficulty, but I've noticed a lot of YouTubers wearing them. According to TechCrunch, Motive sold over 80,000 rings. It seems that Proxy will be introducing a, a ring, but it's not clear if it will be a product for consumers. For now, the Aura Ring is the only game in town if you need to track your activity and sleep or augment another wearable. With no competition, you can expect prices to go up. If you are on the fence about buying a smart ring, now is the time to pull the trigger. Entertainment news. Wait, what? No celebrities are planning streaming events for the peasants this week? We must be recovering from the pandemic. Maybe they have realized how silly they have come off and that without the army of behind-the-scenes workers that usually support them, People are realizing that they are not as gifted as we once thought they were. This month, the long-awaited HBO Max streaming service will make its debut. 
If you sign up now, the service will cost you $12 per month for the first year versus the regular $15 per month. I can't really take advantage of this because I already subscribed to HBO Now and took advantage of a similar promotion. Supposedly, my HBO Now app will update to HBO Max upon launch of the service later this month. Yeah, I guess I could cancel my HBO Now service and then sign up for HBO Max, but then I wouldn't have access to HBO until Max went live. What I really want from HBO is another series like The Sopranos, The Wire, and Game of Thrones. Right now, I have little to no interest in most of the current series featured on that service. I'm watching two shows on Apple TV Plus currently. Mythic Quest and Amazing Stories. I'll let you know what I think about these shows uh, in the next episode. Podcast News. Always looking for ways to improve my podcast, I accepted an offer of a 90-day free trial of the Hindenburg Pro Digital Audio Workstation, or DAW, D-A-W. What sets Hindenburg apart from other DAW software is that it was designed for journalists and podcasters. Most, if not all, other software podcasters use for recording were primarily designed for music composition. Hence the steep learning curves and extra features that podcasters don't want or need. The software itself is beautiful, almost like a native uh, MacOS app. The learning curve, while still there, is not very steep at all. It took me about three hours of fiddling with it to figure most of the features out. A feature which I don't understand why other software producers haven't thought of before is auto-leveling. If you import an audio file that has been recording, recorded on other software or hardware, it auto-levels the file to a level which is appropriate. It's like magic. Despite this feature, at first I was having problems getting the recording levels right using this software. It was usually too loud and caused me many nights of messing around with hardware controls. If I recorded too low, it would boost the level, but with that caused the noise floor to be... Amplified. If I recorded too loud, it would lower the level but keep the noise. I was about to give up on the software, but now for some reason it seems to be working fine. I don't know what I did to affect this change. After the 90-day trial is over, I think I'm going to purchase the non-pro version. I'll be giving up multi-track recording and most of the software plugins, but... I'm a one-man band here, at least for now. I use external processors for what the software plugins do. Also, I can still edit multi-track with the non-pro version. The pro version costs about three times the amount of the standard version, so there's that consideration. If I ever upgrade my podcasts, I'll upgrade to the pro version. I used Hindenburg to record and edit this episode. How do you guys think it compares with previous episodes? Can you even tell a difference? Spotify is starting to dominate the podcasting world. The purchase of Anchor and the partnering with podcast production studios is starting to pay off. When I first started this podcast, and up until recently, most of my audience listened via the Apple Podcast app. 
The last couple of months, though, Spotify has overtaken them and by a lot. I wonder if this will light a fire under Apple's ass and make them pay more attention to podcasters and the podcasting world. GarageBand used to have a template for recording a podcast, but dropped that feature in one of its updates. Next, InsiderRadio.com is reporting that downloads and audience grew for podcasts last week, the first time since COVID-19 impacted listening. This was according to PodTrack, an analytics company that tracks such things. I sure haven't seen this, but that's probably my own fault. Again this week, interesting podcasting news was scarce because of the current situation we are in. Most of my feed was about celebrity starting podcasts and lists of COVID-19 podcasts. Well, it's time for a rant, and it's going to be a very short one. I think when the politicians at all levels saw the population actually obeying shelter-in-place orders, it gave them a sense of power, power that they won't let go of easily. When you combine that with the intention of having us install software that will track us, and the hint of using AI-powered facial recognition, all in the name of battling this pandemic, I feel we have started going down a very slippery slope. Slippery. Boy, I'm having problems today. I, for one, will not be installing any government-sanctioned spyware on my phone. While the cause is noble, I think they are overstepping their bounds on this one. Watch to see if this becomes mandatory. If that happens, then you know something's up. I guess time will tell. Episode 27 is complete. It was a short one, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at ofntpodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me how much I suck and suggest how I can improve this poor excuse of a show. I'd love to hear from you. But be safe. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, get off my lawn. All right, guys, I'm out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.